who like to talk about deeply disturbing things. Let's dive in. Woo. Yay. I'm drinking a cool new kombucha that's super I'm going to actually like chug this, this down because it's really so thirsty and it's so refreshing. You're, you're dehydrated. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> you're very still. dehydrated. I'm still when dehydrated. When you get back from Vegas? Um, two, I don't know. Friday? Friday. Still recovering? Yeah. She's a, she's a recovering Vegas returner. Yes. <laughs> I feel like it I took a few days. Yeah. Do nope, no, it's definitely a couch and doesn't move independently from the other end. Just kidding. All right. All right. I was trying to adjust my butt. I'm sorry. Did you adjust it? Nope. Okay. I went right back. Oh. Um, once it came. I can't remember. Do I go? Do you go? Um, uh, 40 acres of mule and glitter. I think I went first, actually. Okay, so I can go first. Yeah. yeah. Did you all um, read the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory book or see the movies or anything? Seen the yeah. movies. Seen the movie. Both of them? Yes. Yeah, the newer and the older. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Johnny Depp with the new one. Yeah, did you ever read I did not one? like it. I didn't like the new one either. I liked the old one. I don't think I saw the new one. I hanging out of it. It was a little too Alice in Wonderlandy. Yeah. Sort of previews, and I thought he was, was really same. over the top, like in a creepy way, which Johnny Depp does that well. But yeah, I like the first, the original. Mm-hmm. I think we read the book in school. I think our teacher in elementary school read us the book too, because I remember like the elevator going up at the end, and then there was like extra details in the book that was kind of cool. I never read the book. I knew. I knew another was book. Hmm. There is. Now I know. <laughs> I'm going to be talking today about the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory book. Mm, okay. So I learned about this topic when I was uh, perusing YouTube, as I do. <laughs> so I came across a channel called Push Black um, in my feed. And this is a channel that shares truthful, accurate, empowering Black history content. So, well, that sounds great. Hit the subscribe button. So I what I didn't know is that the original Charlie was black. Oh my gosh. Okay. Talk about synchronicity with my topic last week. I know. Some whitewashing, so to speak. <laughs> hmm. So um Charlie and the Tractic Factory, just to lay the foundation, a book by Roald Dahl. It was published in 1964. So think of those times. There's a lot of civil rights mm-hmm. movements going on. So do you recall the plot? Yes, the golden ticket. Um, and like there's a certain number distributed around the maybe world or US or what? Yeah. The world. The world. Oh, the world. It was an international right. contest. And yeah. and it was a lot of um like like hunting and trying to find the golden ticket. And then when you got there, then you got access to this giant candy factory that is exclusive and hasn't been open in years. And Mm -hmm. then then there's lots of 
bad children or children with right. I feel like there's some morals tied in there. Yeah, and they would uh, <laughs> when yeah. they were being greedy, they would end up getting like killed. Killed. I know. It's like really. <laughs> Okay, I'm pretty sure well, you didn't, she's dead. Didn't actually yeah. Get yeah, they like went off to like different. Like, oh, yeah, they go around it later. <laughs> like went to the garbage chute and he's like, oh, I think it's an incinerator today. And then the one kid. didn't show Try to Us, I guess, after Clara. They, right. Implied it. They joked about it. They they joke, is joking about, about child death yeah. better than showing? Well, I'm going to get into it. Okay. Yeah. So Charlie Bucket. Is an 11 year old kiddo um, living in poverty, lives with parents and grandparents. Remember the movie when they're all like in the bed, all in the big giant bed? That freaks me out so much. Oh, uh, yeah, I didn't like that either. Like, I, I did not like that. Can, yeah, mm-hmm. I had a weird like, is is that what people is that gonna be me one day? Like, is that just a thing that happens? You end up in a bed with other old people. I just had a flashback right now where. Mm-hmm. When they went into the tunnel, I must have seen the movie when I was like five or four or five for the first time. And then when they were in the tunnel with the boat and all the weird stuff was going all over the walls that night, I had like a bad dream. I was like scared to go to bed because of that scene in Charlie. No, and in the OG movie, that was honestly so scary and creepy Mm -hmm. and drugs. Yeah, like weird. It was very psychedelic. Yeah. Yeah. And scary. She had a flash. It was like a bad trip. Like it, it looks really pleasant at first, and then it went bad trip really fast. <laughs> yeah. So Charlie actually lives in the same town as this world famous chocolate factory. Yeah, like what are That's the odds? Convenient. First of all, <laughs> then the newspaper announces that Wonka <laughs> has hidden five golden tickets in Wonka bars, and whoever finds these tickets will be invited to come and tour the factory. Which to me, I'd be like great where's my free chocolate but like the tour wouldn't sound exciting to me at first but it was fun so like, until they started dying well, I know. if you open the whole ticket you wouldn't be excited about it well i'd be excited but like i if i don't know i feel like if i got something in the mail today that said you want a free tour at our factory i probably wouldn't go i see what you're saying yeah just like a like, tour no factory that you can think of would excite you Maybe the glitter factory now, but that might be it. Actually, the Tillamook factory tour was great. I've heard about Tillamook. Oh, okay. And, okay, I'm going to shift gears because in Amsterdam, I went on the, um, what's what's their big drink at the green bottles? The, the oh, um, Heineken? Heineken. I went on a Heineken tour and it literally was like this interactive experience and you ended up in the basement in a Heineken club and they beers and that was pretty cool too okay so as a child though that's probably wouldn't have seen that's the only factory experience honestly it was great so they're they're fun i've toured several factories in my time right including the jelly belly factory where at the end you have the opportunity to buy bags of the fucked up jelly bellies Mm -hmm. okay you can't be popcorn cannot the popcorn flavored that's a whole topic do you like popcorn? I like the popcorn flavor. Marshmallow and popcorn are a couple of my favorites, actually. 
<laughs> Those are like at the end of my mouth, I would gag. They may as well be in the Hogwarts. Like, oh yeah, we've never played uh, every flavor beans. We didn't do that for our Patreon. Um, oh, I actually did it so much, and it's so bad. It it's sucks. called Bean Boozled, and then you either it's like you spin it. the wheel, and it lands on yeah. the flavor, and then you pick it, and you don't know if it's the real flavor or like the gross Let's flavor. Let's do that on our Patreon once. It's they're, they're so bad. It's, it's so bad. bad. Oh, it's yeah. so I'm wrong. Basically, I'm wrong. I think the word factory is misleading. Factory sounds boring. Factory to me is like mm-hmm. misuse of labor and women's rights issues. It's a place where they factor things, Macy. I know. I'm, I'm behind the Pick it easy. I'm just, I need to rein it back. <laughs> Pick it easy. Not every, you know, sometimes it's. Oh my gosh, I've got, I've got a lot of references right at the. I love that movie right so much. No, it's so much. I No? Oh my god, I've it's seen it so, so many. I know almost the entire It's so ridiculous, and that's why it's so funny. It's so boring. Oh. Wow. I, I don't know if we can continue oh our friendship. Okay, it is truly one of my yeah, me too. Um, the music too, silly. It's just <laughs> <laughs> Um, the first. I think you have to watch it twice to like get it. At first, it's like. I mean, you have to love Jack Black. I love Jack Black. I mean, my very favorite scene of the arena. Okay. It's when he's out in his recreational clothes. Oh yeah, the stretchy pants. And he's like, flexes his butt up, and he's like. He's, and then he goes, like, don't you wear, wear your robes? They're stinky. <laughs> and then he goes, what if you get those fancy like, clothes? Oh, yeah, these are my recreational clothes. And then he does a hard lunge and flex. It's one of my favorite moves. <laughs> I, maybe I do just need a second go. Maybe I was in a bad mood that day. Who knows? This might be your factory yeah. situation right. again. Oh, I may have woke up from a nap and watched it. That's never good. Yeah, maybe you had an angry nap. Oh, I never Augustus Gloop, who's mm-hmm. greedy, gluttonous, yes. spoiled Veruca salt, um, like gum chewing Violet Beauregard, Beauregard, and television addict Mike TV. Mm-hmm. So one day, Charlie buys a Wonka bar with some money he found in the snow. Mm-hmm. The bar contains the fifth and final ticket. So when hearing his grandpa Joe hears the news, he regains his mobility and uh, volunteers. <laughs> hey, well, we know that mind and body are very related. And well, now he has something hope. Yeah, to live for. Mm-hmm. Right, because if he gets money, he has to leave these other old people in the bed mm-hmm. and they get to be there. So he gets to volunteer. Uh, he volunteers to take Charlie to the factory. So on this tour, the kids go through various trials and tribulations, and their negative traits end up being their downfall. So mm-hmm. Augustus Gloop, I love that name. Gloop. He gets carried away down the river. He's the first to go um, and gets sucked into a pipe. He's... I don't think we see on the movie like what happens to him after. He gets stuck in the pipe. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, but, but then they, like, constant, shoot him up. Yeah, and there's constant fluid. Through the geyser? The chocolate geyser? Right. And there's fluid the whole time. He clearly drowned. Right? Yeah, uh, probably. No, they don't really show any child deaths. But then, the, and then you didn't talk about the Oompa Loompas yet. No, because, they up because after every kid they're died. a very important part of this topic. Mm-hmm. They are coming. 
So Violet Beauregard goes next. She turns it into a blueberry. Uh-huh. Uh, it. No, that was the other one. Oh, oh yeah. This blueberry. Um, she was the blowing bubbles mm-hmm. one. She was like the competitive one. But the, the... I win in every state. <laughs> <laughs> Like <laughs> um, I like the candy she had or like whatever thing she ate and then she's like oh it's like a whole meal I always wanted to have that I'm like that sounds so cool like it started with the it was a three course dinner and, then the third, and she's like now it's blueberry pie or something and then that's when she turned to the blueberry yeah so she did not heed the warnings mm. that Wonka said this gum was still in the experimental phase of development mm-hmm. and so she um blew up into a big blueberry and then rolled her out. Right. So yeah, so what's the, the moral in that one? So the first one kid was greedy, second she's was all too competitive. So um I'm seeing a huge connection with my topic that oh, it's gonna be honestly shocking to me if this is going the way I think it is. Go ahead. Hmm. Um and then we have Veruca Salt. So she is the um, selfish one, the demanding one. Daddy? Yes. <laughs> no, Daddy. I want a golden goose now. <laughs> so she makes her endgame third. She's deemed a bad nut by the squirrels and dumped down the trash chute. And they did the, the, oh. the goose egg. Yeah, it was a goose in the old, like the first original one. Was that the um, Johnny Depp? Both. The new version was a squirrel? Squirrels and then- so yeah, I think the book was nut, the book. and then the movie was the eggs. The, right? Okay, because the the whole like you're a bad egg. You're a bad egg. Let's not think you're probably a bad, bad nut. A bad nut may have been a like more a British term generational back then. I don't know. Being a bad nut, like a nut to crack, you're you're a hard nut to crack. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Nut like is referred to as a person. Am I just figuring this out? Like what? <laughs> Well, I mean, it could be derogatory like term. Oh. Um, someone in that. Oh. It can yeah. also be but, yeah, a slang term for testes. <laughs> a singular. A testy. A testy may also be referred to as, as a nut. A nut. A nut. Yes. Or one is right. one. Oh, one can. Bust. <laughs> A, a nut, but that's talk, also a testy. Remember reference. last time we talked about it both is and does. Oh, glitter is and does. And nut both is and sometimes might. You feel like a nut, and sometimes, sometimes you, you don't. don't. <laughs> we sing that on another one. And <laughs> makes it still like I don't know that song. Mounds. <laughs> when you go into unison together, and I'm like, I have any time. The mounds can't. Holler, Joey's got nuts. Mounds don't. You don't know that song. You better look it up because it's a classic. <laughs> uh, then, I, then we're all gonna say it at once, and boy, won't that be awkward <laughs> or amazing, depending. I don't know if we want to risk it. <laughs> Mike TV is sucked into a TV. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, and then when the Oompa-Loompas try to get him back to regular size, they end up, you know, like, stretching him out. So he's, like, this big, thin version Wait, of for... himself. Yeah. I feel like that was very, like, high-tech. Yeah, they made it through, like, a TV, like, a digital, like, pixel. That was kind of cool. So then only Charlie's left. Wonka congratulates him for winning the factory. 
Wonka explains that the whole tour was designed to help him find a good person to serve as an heir to his business. And Charlie was the only Mm -hmm. child whose inherent genuineness passed the test. And they ride the great glass elevator and watch the other four children leave the factory before flying to Charlie's house. Oh my gosh, is this heaven and hell? Where Wonka invites the entire Bucket clan, so everybody in the bed, to come and live with him in the factory. (laughs) See, this part wasn't in the movie. So yeah, it's a book difference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it says that the children, they watch them walk out of the factory in in the book? The book, yes. Which I haven't read, but I probably never will. Unless, never say never, it's Except the last right book on Earth. And that's it's the only thing I have to read, and then I'll probably read it over and over. Yeah. It's good to put a caveat in. You wouldn't want uh, everyone to know. You know what? <laughs> that you didn't read the book. Oh, I haven't read the book. Well, but you'd be the last person, so it wouldn't matter. Oh, yeah. It was a joke, but it was it was subtle okay. and not that funny, so it's <laughs> totally fine. <laughs> Maybe if you keep explaining it, it'll become funnier. I mean, there's really nowhere else I can take it other than I I may just have to read the book and then you'd be the only one in the room that hasn't read the book. Pure pressure. Maybe I'll listen to the audiobook. Still probably not. It counts. The book was made into a film in 1971 titled Mm -hmm. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and starred Gene Wilder, who I love, Mm -hmm. as Willy Wonka. And then, good, Willie. and then in 2005, there was a new version. You passed uh, away, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. with Tim Burton directing and it starred Johnny Depp. I was a big Tim Burton fan for a long stint, but some there's some newer ones I'm just like not. You were into Wednesday? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, there's quite a few recent ones, but I love Frank and Weenie back in the day. Classic. If well, you have some seen, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, great. Frankly, Beetlejuice, love, Beetlejuice. love Beetlejuice. How are you doing? Are you trying to conjure? <laughs> we can all have a giant... What the other one I was like? Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. doing to me? The bad things come in threes. This is the devil portal. Bad things come from threes. We that the three is a good thing. Oh, yeah. And bad. Three's a powerful number. Doesn't that neutral, neutralize mm-hmm. out then? Hmm, I don't know. We'll have to do a pros and cons chart. Two this is, like, this is definitely a good power of three. That's three. I trust you. Later that. this year, there's a new film coming out star- starring the currently very popular Timothy Chalamet playing a young Willy Wonka. I don't know who that is. What? She's saying no, too. Don't say What? Like, I don't know who that is. I'm looking at it. Do you guys not I'm obsess over Dune? What? What? <laughs> it's over. If my topic was not on my phone right now, I would throw it. <laughs> okay. I don't know who Timothy Chalamet is. Maybe, yeah, if I see him right now. It's a young cutie. Okay, uh, how do I spell it? C-H-A-L-O-M-E-T. C-H-A-L-O-M-E-T. Chalomet. And as Timothy has extra E's at the end. Timothy. With a little E. Timothy. Uh, I've never seen this human in my entire Have you not life. seen Dune? No. I've read the book. I've read the book and it did not have his face on it. So. No, it did not because he was not born. No, he's cute. He's been in a lot of major films lately. He's like 
hottie. See, look, come on right there. There's a yeah, trailer. There's, yeah, I'm look at all the things. What other movies? Dune. Oh, <laughs> you established that. <laughs> You're like, I love Dune. Um, Dune part, part two. two. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, Dune, Dune was a good book. I just didn't know if that's what you're referring to. I like the, I, I listened yeah. to the audiobook of Dune, but so I have not seen the he, Yeah, he looks like a young Gene Wilder, so that was a good. You think so? Yeah, I mean, I just, it's like the hair and just like, I don't know, he's got that like narrow face or something. I don't see that at all. I could see how that. You're the welcome to your interpretation. I mean, not that I think Gene Wilder's hot, but like, I could see. I've never heard him described that way. <laughs> I like him, but. I mean, Gilbert probably thought he was hot. Yeah. Okay. There have been a lot of text revisions over the years. In 2023, Puffin Publishing Company made more than 80 changes to the original text, such as removing every occurrence of the word fat in regards to Augustus. So Augustus was enormous rather than enormously fat. Mm. So fat does no longer exist. It also removed any references to the Oompa Loompa's small size and physical appearance and omitted descriptions of them living in trees and wearing deer skins and leaves. It also mm. removed or changed the words mad, crazy, and queer. It omitted many references to Mike TV's toy guns. It removed references to corporal punishment, such as changing, she needs a really good spanking, to she needs a really good talking to, mm-hmm. and changed, she wants a good kick in the pants, to she needs to learn some manners. Mm-hmm. So this is what they're doing for the new... That's the new, um, oh, the new edit of the book. The new um, edit of the book. Yeah. When is that it released? This year. This year. I'm mixed. I feel mixed. I am very mixed. I mean, I mean, what, we what, talk what are you trying like, to say? I here, what, you know, right. I mean, with to, these changes, what's the intention? I guess right. And I mean, to me, is it? It sounds like they're trying to admit anything that could potentially be deemed offensive mm-hmm. to right. someone. Potentially, can you make the world completely inoffensive? No. no. It's like, can you have world peace? Well, and again, like, why remake? Like, what is the the intent of remaking it? Is it to make it a new thing? If it's a new thing, then fine, change those things if you make want. Make it a but new then, story. But then make it a new story. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you're just, it's that goes back to that revisionist history. Yeah. Because if you're just exactly. pretending that never happened. Yeah, I would rather they just keep it and we learn from it and say, wow, look, back in the 60s, you know, spanking your kids was totally cool and you could call people fat. Right. And then you wouldn't need to spend money making a new book or maybe you could just admit that you want to make more money by making a new book and selling it again. A new version. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Their 50th anniversary cover uh, was controversial because it looked like... Oops. It's amazing how being avoiding controversy <laughs> creates more controversy. Mm-hmm. Or can, can. I don't know if you can see it, but that's what it looked like. Do you see that's... the picture? Yeah, I'm confused on that being the. It looks like a. Um... 
Oh, is that a small child on a it looks like mannequin? A Barbie, like, edible like Barbie girl. Which, but why is that like? Why it's supposed to be Veruca? I don't know who it's supposed to be, but yeah, people that... were creeped out by it. Well, it's yeah, hard to make it a lot of time. Yeah, yeah, because it's like, what is she? Oh, yeah, she like is it a both male? No, it's a little girl that looks doll like. Yeah, they have both the mom, like the lady. Are they really and her, like, just the, like mushroom thing? Like what? I'm thinking it's probably the rich little girl who spoiled one. But, but why would she know. get the cover? She was with her dad. That was the whole thing. Like, oh, who wants it now, daddy? And then there's like a mom. I think. Or a lady. It looks like John Benet Ramsey, which kind of creeps me out. That's really weird. It's really weird. It has nothing to do with like and chocolate or factories or Charlie yeah. <laughs> or Charlie and chocolate or Willy Wonka. Yeah, it's it looks like something you'd find on like one of those old romance novels. Smut book from the smut book cover. Yeah, it's <laughs> weird. I don't know. So that was the thing. Okay, so as I mentioned in the beginning, the original Charlie Bucket. Was black. It was written as a, a little black boy. The original title of the book was Charlie's Chocolate Boy. Oh, that is much different. Much different. So I perused, I didn't read every word of it because it was 24 pages, but I perused a journal article by Catherine Cuser in the Journal of Modern Fiction Studies called Candy Boys and Chocolate Factories, hmm. Roll Doll, Racialization, and Global Industry. And it, it's a really good, it was a good journal article. Um, so Roll Doll was told by his agents to change the race of Charlie. Um, so when Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was published in 1964, the depiction of happy Umpalumpas who were actually enslaved was seen as problematic back then, even. So right. this is again that context like changes a lot for yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was the myth of the happy slave that we saw in like, you know, um some some Disney films show that and mm -hmm. You know, there's like even like a that Shirley Temple film, which is dancing. Like, Django um, actually popped out in my head too, and that's a newer movie. Oh, that's a giant duck. Yeah, yeah. Is that a slave yeah. the iguana. What? Oh, I'm thinking of a different movie. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I know <laughs> the one with Jamie Foxx. I'm yeah. thinking of the animated. I know which one you're talking about. Johnny Depp. Isn't oh. that one called? Django. It might be a Django also. I think it's also called like, Django. But, but without the D. Oh, yeah. As I was to say, I, you're making a lot of eye contact and I didn't feel we were talking about the same thing. So <laughs> your level of excitement, I was like, there was a lot of slaves into Django depicted and no iguanas. I know I not was not one iguana. Like, not one iguana. It's like maybe like passing by. I don't know. <laughs> It's good. That I don't have like an attention page. I got really sweaty all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you get sweaty by the same like, thing. We can just like, use yeah. this. Fairly okay, actually. And it's weird. And mine was titled Clear Boy too. I'm wearing, wearing long pants. 
I have a pair of brown pants, and whenever I wear them, I'm in public midway through my day, and I go, why am I wearing brown pants? And then I'm self-conscious the whole rest of the day. You just, I don't like brown pants. You need, to, you need to get rid of those pants. Brown pants. Yeah. I have a pair of red pants, too, like a maroon. Those are also not flattering or a good color. Get them out. Mm. Why? Sorry. <laughs> it all relates somehow. Go ahead. So... You've probably seen this myth of the happy slave in older films and things and shows. So it's where, you know, they're like depicted as singing and happy and baking. Um, Not that much. So that's how the Oompa were depicted, you know, singing and breaking out to song, banging drums. Very subservient and happy to do so. How do we know that they, did it say they were enslaved in the book? Or, because, I mean, how do we not you. know that they were getting paid? That was never discussed. How do we not know that they were being <laughs> And they really were happy. Literally. <laughs> that's happy. That's, that's a very... <laughs> that's my little, like, evil mind. So, in the book... Because <laughs> they weren't. So Wonka, okay, fine. I thought that when I was a kid. Sorry. Wonka, quote, unquote, discovered, that's from the book, and brought over from Africa himself the whole tribe of them, 3,000 in all. That's the that's quote That's pretty from the book. specific. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the The quote goes on, he smuggled them over in large packing cases with holes in them. This was in the book. Yeah. Sarah. So, I, I don't... I never read the book, and <laughs> as a child, I thought they were really happy. Hating kindness. Because they were, they were depicted as... It's but it makes sense now. Yeah. As a child, then you grow up as that mm-hmm. little white girl growing up going, what? They're so happy, though. Weren't they paid? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they were cashed out a fat paycheck at the end of every week. I mean, why not? <laughs> they work hard. They <laughs> sing well. I so mean, it's noted that the great iron gates are locked in chains. This is crushing my childhood. So it's effectively wageless labor. They were paid in cocoa beans. Mm-hmm. Which you can definitely buy a lot of shit at the store. And can sure. you make coffee? Is that cow? Cacao okay, hold on. So they were cow. getting paid-ish. What, what do you do with, when you have no option? With cocoa beans. If you have no free will and they say, here's your beans, you take your beans. You don't yeah. like it's messed up. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty yeah. sure I would be like, "Can I have more than beans?" And if they slap mm-hmm. the beans out of my hand, said, "You get beans or nothing," I'll take my beans. Is that freedom? No, no, definitely not. So this storyline is very reminiscent of imperialist transatlantic slave trade. In 1969, as they were gearing up to make the film, the NAACP sent a letter to the producer of the film adaptation and expressed dismay about the racism and slavery in the book. So Dahl agreed reluctantly to, and this is a quote from the journal, it's quoted in the journal as a quote, quote unquote, de-negro the Oompa Loompas. Oh my gosh. Um, because the Olympolumpas were originally, you know, depicted to have dark skin. In the 1971 movie, the Olympolumpas have orange skin and green hair. And then in the 1973 edition of the book, they are Aboriginal people from Lumpaland with golden brown hair and rosy white skin. Oh, 
So it's been argued that this change really did little to change the novel's underlying racial fantasy. So from the original text from 1964, the Oompa Loompa bowed and smiled, showing beautiful white teeth. His skin was almost pure black, and the top of his fuzzy head came just above the height of Mr. Wonka's knee. He wore the usual deer skin slung over his shoulder. So then in the 73 revision, the Oompa Loompa bowed and smiled, showing beautiful white teeth. His skin was rosy white. His hair was golden brown. And then in the 2023 revision, an Oompa Loompa appeared as if from nowhere and stood beside him. This 2023 one must be really short because they're taking out a lot of words. Hmm. The, well, and it was, I mean, they were orange. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. I'm thinking about yeah. a movie. Sorry. That wasn't the Johnny Yeah, Depp well, that was part of thing. what the NAACP mm-hmm. was demanding is them not to be depicted as, you know, having black skin. And I just like, I just like don't, I, I fully agree with the, okay, now they're orange. Like, are we stupid? Yes, because I didn't know this. And yes, but like I just learned this in the last few weeks. I mean, but it's like instead of like I, I don't know adjusting the narrative, they just change the color of the skin okay. and mm-hmm. and does that actually mean anything different? Another from Lumpa Land versus Africa. It's like if you say fudge, you mean fuck, and we know it. Is it really fudge? What does it mean when I say tartar sauce? It means hash browns in <laughs> or pickle juice. That's oh fun. shit! <laughs> oh shit! Tartar <laughs> sauce. Dang it! Tartar sauce. <laughs> tartar sauce. What is that on? Is that SpongeBob? SpongeBob yeah. 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 yeah no. Tartar sauce. Okay, we all knew a reference together. Oh, look at it! It's building bridges. Take that one. <laughs> Wins SpongeBob. <laughs> so Charlie Bucket was originally a black main character until his agent persuaded Doll to make him white. So in the original book that was titled Charlie's Chocolate Boy, Charlie wins. So it's a little bit different plot. Charlie wins the golden ticket and gets to visit the magical chocolate factory with his parents. So that's a little bit different. And during the tour, Charlie sees life-size chocolate creatures in the Easter room. And one of these is shaped like a chocolate boy. Charlie ends up inside the boy-shaped chocolate mold and is cast as a chocolate boy. Nobody realizes he is trapped in the mold and he is scalded and almost drowned by the molten chocolate. See, this is like a more violent version of the kids dying. Like, this was just fully said that the kid got scalded yeah yeah from outside from outside when he was not in the mold charlie thought the chocolate boys were marvelous but from inside the chocolate it was quote like a warm sticky glove that has been pulled tightly over his body clinging to every single part deeply disturbing very deeply warm sticky glove i have not heard ever in my life and now i have let's see original (laughs) text draft. Commentators uh. have interpreted this storyline to be Dahl metaphorically addressing slavery as an ongoing historical injury. 
The mold and the shape of the chocolate boy may be a metaphor for racial stereotype. It may be a symbol of what it's like to be turned into a racial stereotype. Hmm. So that a black boy who gets stuck inside a life-size chocolate mold and yeah. can't be seen or heard through his chocolate coating because you know he, he's there, he's witnessing all this stuff, nobody knows he's in there suffering. Yeah, so Dahl's original version of the story was so much darker and so, yeah, just really focused on slavery and racial issues. And then they just completely changed it. And totally which, makes, which makes sense. I mean, a lot of books, um, especially kids' books and uh, nursery rhymes, as we have come oh, around, yeah. is, uh, they're, so dark. they're in this historical context. It's speaking to economic privilege yeah i mean all his stories were wild james and the giant peach yeah like kids stuff really like messed up. Doll, but that was creepy too yeah james and the giant like you think every like beauty and the beast he kids that real doll? no i'm the same kids thing oh yeah that was like a stockholm kid thing wrapped up yeah like yeah. every everything is so teaching a lesson i'd be surprised if there is that if what's the hidden meaning behind Dora the explorer or is that the complete whitewashing of every any kind of historical context? Dora the Explorer? She's a little Hispanic girl. I know, but like, do they... Well, and she's teaching... I think she's teaching Spanish. She's teaching you know. Spanish with boots. Okay, yeah. what, what other... I don't know. Do you watch Dora? No. Okay. Dora's <laughs> That's great. why I didn't know where to go. Dora's yeah, pretty great. Dora's kind of cute. <laughs> okay, all right. I don't have children, so I'm happy. Yeah. Obviously, I don't have Go on. Okay. The, that sounds great, honestly. <laughs> so, you know, some people said, like, this is maybe admirable, the storyline, um, trying to talk about racial stereotypes in this creative way. But, however, we also have to consider the racist Oompa Loompa storyline, which is very problematic. So I come away feeling like it's difficult to know where Dahl stands. He's also... Um, famously made some pretty horrific anti-Semitic statements when he was interviewed in 1983 um, by Britain's New Statesman magazine. Dahl said, there is a trait in the Jewish character that does provoke animosity. Maybe it's a kind of lack of generosity towards non-Jews. I mean, there's a always a reason why anti-anything crops up anywhere. Ew. Even a stinker like Hitler didn't just pick on them for no reason. <gasps> it, what Whoa. the? Front door? What the heck, doll? Mm -hmm. No, I mean, now I have an opinion about his stance, <laughs> and I don't yeah. think it was culturally sensitive at all. Yeah. <laughs> I think I can say that confidently. We're trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Well, and like, like, no. uh, so, Who says that? <laughs> oh my gosh. So to finish up that original draft story, Wonka sends this chocolate boy no. treat from the factory <laughs> to present to his son at Easter. So a difference in this original draft is that Wonka has a wife and son. While he's in the mold, Charlie, because as you can see through the eyeballs, he witnesses a burglary. Um, the police inspector coming to respond to that hears Charlie making noises and then Wonka breaks, breaks the mold in half and releases him. Charlie informs the police about the burglary culprit, and Wonka rewards Charlie with the biggest chocolate shop in the world. Shouldn't he inform the police that they have a chocolate mold that's capturing the <laughs> and burning them? 
I mean, that would have been my first thought. Good point. (laughs) So that YouTube channel that I mentioned at the outset, which is where I heard about this, called Push Black, um, says it would have been cool to see a Black man character, especially in the 1960s, amidst all the civil rights um, movement activity, because representation matters. Hmm. Let alone in the, what, 20-whatever one? And always representation matters. But I had never known that the original Charlie Bucket wow. was black. I had never known that the OK yeah. mm-hmm. were um, basically depicted as African um, slaves. I'm wow. really bothered too that so in the book that he had a wife and like he had a family because that means he's I really think that in the movies they made him seem almost deranged and it's like playing on that mental health part of like that like over eccentric personality um that can't possibly function on their own outside of their eccentric yeah and and kind of stay behind the lock gates right because then it's i don't know if trying to figure out what that even like means so in the original he's like why say that he has that is he pretty well put together in the book? I, I mean, I never read the original. No, I don't, I haven't read the book, but yeah, definitely. I mean, it seems like the whole story is a different plot from the book to the movie. Almost like, he, like if he's, I'm curious to, I'm not going to read it. Uh, <laughs> but if it's uh, like, he's a real person, like if they make him, they don't in the movies, it does not paint him as like a and somebody you could actually like, know. When does, he go, when does he go to the bathroom? Like, I don't know. <laughs> does he have a bubble? We don't know. Just like John Wick. That was my question for that movie. Oh. I'm like, when is he going to go to the bathroom? Probably needs to take a break. I mean, how many thing. bones does have he take the break that? in? No, I, I watched that in theaters <laughs> and I, I was a stab. Like, it was great. Four? Yeah. It was, I just watched it in Vegas. How do you, you survive? <laughs> Not and then the stair, the stair it scene was fun. Was watch. Scene. I was I'm, so exhausted. Don't spoil it for me because I haven't seen it. It's okay. watch it. It is so good, <laughs> but I'm so confused. And all he says in the whole show is "Yeah, <laughs> that's his only line." Well, the whole time I'm like, "But how are you? Like, my knee is hurt now at thirty whatever <laughs> something how are you getting up over and over again sir right. so anyways but yeah the whole point is like Willy Wonka just seems like this guy oh, yeah just <laughs> thank you for bringing us <laughs> yeah does like he's just his own little yeah character like I don't know why do and I, I don't I want to know why like why why is why does that matter that he makes no sense in real life context well I know that I'm not going to be able to watch that movie again without seeing that happy slave myth depicted. There. Mm-hmm. No. Like, I, I won't be able to unsee and that. And people sing yeah. the song, and... Yeah. 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 No, okay. we know. No, I don't know. And I, I, think in, I think it's important to just note that, like, when sh- uh, the original request was made, like, hey, this is... Uh, racist and the reaction was what it was like that to me isn't revisionist history that's a current event that you're advocating and you are no no it was at that time yeah yeah, that's social justice and that is different than 
taking something historical and changing the narrative later to try to make it look better than it was. Right. Yeah. I agree. 100%. My foot is numb and I can't feel it and I'm going to have pins and needles and oh, I, I hate Your toes look really pretty, Sarah. Oh, thank no, you. my toes. I was out gardening yesterday in my sandals and I scrub my feet and they're still not great. <laughs> Have you like, you're no, like don't look enough? Like, I no, look. I'm tucking my toes. Tuck. Get out. <laughs> Curl them up. Get out, out of my, all the way under. Get out of my room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. It's talent. Get away. Okay. I got a ton Our of toes plants. Cool. Your toes look nice. A ton of plants, and I had a, a lot of fun planting them yesterday. Gardening can be therapeutic. I, I, yes, it's good work. work in there. Super fun. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm trying to use my iPad more. That's why I took a second to get ready. Okay. Trying to justify that purchase. Gosh. It's every goddamn day. Um, <laughs> I literally couldn't get into it for three months and totally forgot that it existed. Okay. I'm reading this article. So I have an article in front of me and there's an ad above it that says Travolta finally comes out and I, I feel a really strong urge to know what that means. <laughs> Clickbait. But I'm not going to. It's probably going to be one of those you click through 85 photos and then it's just Oh, I hate that. Comes out um, of house you want to the see mail. the one thing and then they like, put it at the end. What this 80s actor looks like now. You won't believe it. <laughs> I, I, like, go for I know. I'm like, what does she look like? Or like the child star. <laughs> what do they look like now? And yeah. you're like, oh, I want to see you wrecked. But it's Let's like, yeah, after it's a So you do like two words each click. And then there's an ad, and then you have to get another right. two words. This it's is audible. John Travolta confirms the speculation. And then after it says reference, which makes you think hmm. that it's referenced. That's wrong. I doubt it. Okay. All right. Sorry. Okay. Here we go. Don't do it. So don't fall. Jealous neighbors. Bum, bum, bum. Okay. So. Oh, that's me. We're going to start somewhere. Keep and with the Joneses. With the Joneses. Right, right, right. Mm. So. This kind of, so my my dad used to do theater. He was in plays and such of the like. And he was in a play uh, called. Was he a thespian? He was. He was really good. Like, he was really good at playing the villain. Like, he had that great, like, Ooh. villain laugh. He could do it and make you, like, boost. Ooh, what's your good villain laugh? Let me hear. We were, when we watched John Wick, we were all, like, trying to do our villain laughs. No, try one. Let me try one. You do it. That's not very scary. Okay, well, I'm. I mean, I'm just. I mean, kind of, getting good on that. For going first. I feel like I need to workshop it. I don't know. Well, that wasn't me warming up, so I could probably get more villainish. But. Hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, that was a good try. Good try. I don't. I don't care. Thank you for participating. I don't think. You do like a, give me that white ribbon and the on. West type. <laughs> Oh, that that reminded me of, like a wish laugh. It started yeah, it's like with the witch of the West. Yeah. Like a wish. It okay. started and I was like, I don't wanna <laughs> like it. And then I was like, I'm actually scared. It like grew and then I got grew scared on yeah. more. Like, and if more. you heard that outside your window, I wanted you to stop and I couldn't make that stop. I would say that's the scariest out of the three. <laughs> out of the three of us, that was deeply scary. disturbed, and it's hard for me to go back to here. Okay, ready? 
Yes. I'm going to call you later and just <laughs> do that. Just on our voicemail? Yeah. Just like, oh. Oh, thanks. <laughs> okay, so. I can't buy it. Whatever. The movie <laughs> was, no, see where you did my brain. He mouthed me. The movie. I just started talking again. Uh, the play that my father was in was called, he's going to get mad at me if I don't remember right, a the light competition. Mm-hmm. And it was about two neighbors during Christmas time who get super competitive okay. about oh. light decoration. Like, uh, Vegas or not. Vegas vacation, but what's the Christmas Christmas vacation? Christmas vacation. Right, right, right. So um, it originally wasn't a comedy, and he actually rewrote the whole screenplay to be a comedy, which I thought was really good. So anyways, that's kind of where my idea went was, you know, that's a common thing is that neighborly competitiveness. And that that took me a a little, actually, I went narrow and then went broad. So with that, let's talk about neighbors first. Okay. Nosy neighbors? Are either of you a nosy neighbor? Or do you have nosy neighbors? Mm, I have a guy that kind of like patrols <laughs> the neighborhood and he's retired and he's kind of out there just kind of like checking on things, making sure everything's safe, but he's definitely like kind of up in everyone's business and yeah, but I mean, he's fine. He's harmless for the most part. I do like to take stock uh, you know, check my in- inventory, keep tabs of the comings and the goings in the neighborhood. I wouldn't call that nosiness. Awareness. I do know there's a new hot guy that lives down my street. And my old uh, tenants that used to live upstairs bought a house around the corner. Um, yeah. I know my neighbors just sold their rental next door to them. I know that this house on the corner is now an Airbnb. In a okay. recent, in a recent <laughs> study, you can on my neighbor. See that? Like my that's, that's just, you know, like I said, just keeping that. Article verbiage. That's all. <laughs> in a recent study, 72% of people revealed that they would look to snoop at how much their neighbor's house was worth after it goes up for sale, looking at different kind of aspects of like homeownership, things like that. Almost three quarters admitted to checking neighbor's property value and interior style right away. If they actually, so like right when something goes on the market, almost three quarters of people will try to actually go in to see what that house looks like before, um, so they can see. Oh, I love going to open homes in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the research looked at the competition between neighbors in terms of the assets each other's have and the value of each other's properties and perceptions of that. The findings showed that over half of the people surveyed were indeed jealous of their neighbors and mm-hmm. think that their next-door neighbors have a better property than themselves. And that their grass is greener. So... Their grass is fucking greener. In order of importance, speaking <laughs> of, number one, what do you think the number one thing that people say is important about your, your property? The garden, the yard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, back when I used to mow the lawn myself before I had lawn ladies, if I even heard someone mowing their lawn on a weekend, I'd have to get out there and mow. Mm. And as long as my guard is greener than my neighborhood's, I feel like I'm doing good. I got some like patches in my yard that just will not get green, and my it bothers me big. so bad. I'm in the valley, like I got too much yard for my and my sprinklers hit it. But I think it's like you know that hill in the back of my house. It's mm-hmm. like 
I think there's. You're like, responsible for monitoring all that. Um, it's like a park. It's like, yeah. Really? Yeah, kind of around the edges. Your property is interesting. Yeah, but that's a lot of. It's a lot of water wastage, by the way. Mm. Okay, number two. No, half my lungs. <laughs> There's like a middle strip. They put in like four sprinklers, and they don't reach oh, the middle yeah. towards each other. So whatever. All right, number two. Cars. Got it. Yep. Cars. Yep. Number three. Your funsies, like your kayaks and your boats and stuff. This one is the interior of the house. So uh, this may even be things but like... But I know that. I've never see. been in any, inside any of my neighbor's houses. But it could even just be like that moment when you like go for a walk and you see them watching TV and you see what kind of TV they have or what are they like. Um, yeah, I don't like get jealous of people. It's just... I just want my lawn to look nice. So, and this is where, so words are going to swap out here and we're going to end on a different word, even than these. So, so far it started with nosy because nosy neighbor is kind of the cliche thing. And then that in my work, it went from that to um, jealous, jealous. And then jealous went to uh, murderous. No, (laughs) competitive, competitive. Oh, my, no, not competitive. I, my neighbors are so competitive. Are they are that? out playing the goddamn violin at 2 3 a.m. I feel a little murderous. Why are they out there? No, oh, why are you playing the violin? I mean, and that's the worst, like, worst sound in the middle of the night. That's weird. It, you know, bluegrass is only fun if you're the one playing it. If you have to listen to it over your neighbor's fence at 3 a.m., and it's not a fun sound. That's kind of rude. Just inconsiderate. Yeah. So it's a, it's not, doesn't fall in the realm of competitiveness. It's more of, that's obnoxious neighbors. Yeah. That's a whole other category. That's a whole other thing. So, and then exteriors of people's homes are next. I don't see that. Like a nice paint job. Right. I feel like every house is painted yellow, black, or like just the like, really like, why? Hmm. Sometimes it's cool, but if it's modern, like, again, you get judgy with, oh, if it's new, then somehow that can be okay, because it's, like, I don't know. Uh, the last one would be technology. So what technology you see, and that's actually more common with younger generations now. That would be, again, like, if you're in their house. You know, Maybe, I mean. Like, how would you know what their technology is? Mm, I don't know. If the watches. Um, if they're a bit their shades like rise up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. If I saw that, I'd be real impressed yeah. in my neighborhood. I'd be like, dang, you mm-hmm. up and up. Mm-hmm. Um security cameras. Mm-hmm. So if you have security systems, the doorbell cams. Doorbell cams. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I wouldn't really like the door now. lock things that yeah. Okay. So uh expect that close. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't kind of like I might be getting inspired by something, but I, I don't think I would feel this jealousy. It'd be more like, oh, that's cool. I should get that. Right. Yeah, I'd like to get that. That's neat. Mm-hmm. We're going to, that's closer to home. Mm-hmm. So for where I'm in, going to be ending. So people start marrying each other probably a little bit. Women are more likely to be jealous yeah. and check the value of their neighbor's property than men. And in the 35 to 44 year old bracket, um, they're more, more likely, um, are the most likely to check. So 35 to 44 year old women. 
tend to be that fungal. Okay, and that's an actual research study. Um, they're more jealous. Yeah, so <laughs> there, there was a lot of different things like fountains, pebble displays, things to show off. Those tended to be more of the ones that people rated as being jealous about. Can you expand on pebble display? <laughs> no, I cannot. Nothing's coming to mind when you say this. I, I feel like a bird bath with like a lovely like pebble, like okay, okay. Actually, do you want to be like, I'm so fucking jealous. Right okay, now. some of the yeah, housing communities, housing communities, like instead of like around their yard, they'll have a the pebble display with some bushes. <laughs> I've never said pebble display <laughs> together. Such a weird combination of words. I I like to check out flower situations, like when people have Ooh, a like beautiful flower display. Yes. When I, I'm up on the south hill, I'm always looking at jealous, that. but I'm just like, oh, I love that. Yeah, like, I, like I wish. I guess I don't know if that that's not really jealousy, but like I wish I, I could like long. put like make my flowers so yeah, that's a, but it's like, expensive to like hill and i see oh, some of those things i'm like it's so expensive like this yard looks so nice if i really wanted to do flowers the way i want to i'd be spending like hundreds that's a lot of dollars i put that in a couple years ago Which see, how do you know the price on that display those rocks were big pebbles <laughs> How do you know the price on this? You were over there. I know it's season. not a little nosy. <laughs> but oh, I got the I got the glass. I just heard the neighbor's gate over there when we came yeah. in, and you were like, I look at it every day. Yeah. Okay, so let's okay, let's slow down real quick. Before we no. go past pebble display, though, just <laughs> one more thing on pebble display. Okay. When you're out and about, if you see a pebble display, would you take a picture and send it to I, us? I'm gonna take. So I'm gonna okay. take pictures of pebble displays and send them to you guys. <laughs> Sounds good. Let's just create a collage, perhaps. <laughs> okay, so I want to slow down. So that, that's where my mind went, and I'm like, okay, I found some research around it. I mean, it doesn't nothing like too shocking or surprising to me there. It's a thing that happens, and people confirmed it. Okay, so let's define the word jealousy. So this happens when you desire something or a relationship. For example, you might feel jealous if your supervisor and coworker are lunch buddies and you don't get invited. That's jealous. Envy is a word we're going to explore today more mm -hmm. in depth. And this is where I thought the, the seven deadly sins came mm -hmm. into play. Mm -hmm. So envy, this happens when someone has a thing or benefit you want for yourself. Mm -hmm. For example, a bigger office, larger paycheck, or a special that's or a very nice pebble display, or a very vivid <laughs> pebble display. So, first, I really want to find a lot of opportunities to use that phrase this week. <laughs> I hope you do. I can we like in a like in a <laughs> sentence how we used a pebble, yes, pebble yes, display? Yes, okay. okay. We need a follow up. Okay, deal. Um. So, first of all, I never had like separated those out or had even like thought mm -hmm. that envy is more about the thing not about relationship or in, like mm -hmm. the interpersonal piece that mm -hmm. is more jealousy mm -hmm. but I do think jealous gets tied in with things when mm -hmm. people talk about jealousy yeah it's like you can go one way with it but not yeah other. yeah yeah so thought that was interesting so um they are both fanned 
by the perception that the winner had an unfair advantage. So there is a common thread that there is an unfair advantage and jealous or envious people find themselves continuously thinking about that. Like it doesn't just pass and okay, I thought about that Hubble display for a moment and never <laughs> brought it up again. Now we think about Hubble display. Well, I must have it at all costs. Well, right. I'm, there's probably levels to jealousy or envy where it's like, you know, just a passing, fleeting feeling opposed to like becoming an obsession and you're thinking about it all the time. Well, and it, and it doesn't even, from what I, what, what I read, it doesn't even really get to obsession point for really any of envy. It's more of, um, like, when is it my turn? Hmm. So it's not necessarily repetitively thinking about that, but it's that then represents the fact that I don't have or when hmm. will I have? Hmm. And then it kind of focuses on that. Seems like it, it just feels so miserable all the time. Yeah. Just he's terrible. Yeah. This second thing I'm going to go over is specifically an article about, um, or a research article about depression linked with envy, which is, I Yeah, because I'm just like trying to embody that. I'm like, Because there's such a better way to look at it by seeing the thing that you would like to have and say, oh, I, I like that. I'm going to try to get that, or I'll get that at some point. Or, or just like focus on what you do have. Be happy for what they have. And then. Attitude of gratitude, you know. So let's talk a little bit about envy a little bit more because I had not, I don't know, I never really gave that much attention to envy. It's not in, um, it's not in, what's the movie about emotions, the cartoon that I really like, Inside Out. Oh yeah, that's such a Envy wasn't a character. It was jealousy? It was disgust. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. They could have added that disgust, in. sadness, and happiness. They probably had to cut out. I mean, they probably could have kept going earlier. You, I feel like revision. you are asking if they got paid. Um, do you really <laughs> think that they had all emotions? I want to know. Like, was there who said envy wasn't as important? Yeah, so it was made the, the final decision yeah. on yeah. these or that. Well, envy, I mean, I never saw that movie, but it could be portrayed as a green monster. Right, which they make disgust. So maybe disgust, they try to like, eh, eh. They're like, we have too many feelings. Let's just. Yeah, if they had a narrow it. Combo, disgust and envy. It'll be fine. We already have the green suit. Let's go. Great. Yeah. (laughs) So deadly, um, Joseph Epstein quipped that of the deadly sins, only envy is no fun at all. So all the other ones are fun. Well, all the other <laughs> ones have some gratification, mm-hmm. even an instant or momentary gratification. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is the one that doesn't. And in Dante's Divine Comedy, the envious labor under cloaks of lead, their eyelids sewn tight with lead and wire, um, suggesting that envy arises from or leads to a form of blindness. So it's spoken to in there as well. Dark. I know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I said that. He's- Ooh. Might be all this alcohol in this non-alcoholic kombucha. 0.05. Point. These are 0.05. Mm-hmm. Um. So first of all, yeah, you can see where all of a sudden I was like, "Wow." 0.5. Let's talk about envy because this is dark. So to feel envy, they say they say that three conditions must be met. First. We must be confronted with a person or persons with something, a possession, quality, or achievement that eludes us somehow. Mm -hmm. Second, we must desire that something for ourselves. 
And third, we must be personally pained by the association associated emotion or emotions. Those three components. They have it, I want it, and the emotions that are brought up by that are distressing. So I'm instantly kind of mentally going here to like like attachment and trauma and because I, I was thinking of like hoarding disorders and things like that where there's like this that similar emotion tied to things. things. Yeah. That that's not written in anything I read. I just made that up right now, but it sounds hmm. right. I watched mm-hmm. an episode of Borders like three days ago. Mm-hmm. That's fresh on my mind. I used to watch that a lot. So interesting. It is hard to watch. Mm-hmm. It really is. The therapists make me mad. They I get mad. I can't. They're terrible. No, so they're, they're doing like, nothing. No, they're hurting. They're just now you sort through this pile. Okay, thanks. Okay, here we go. In sum, envy is the personal pain caused by the desire for the advantages of others. Say that one more time. <laughs> Envy is the personal pain caused by the desire for the advantages of others. In Old Money, um, Nelson Aldrich Jr. describes pain of envy as the almost frantic sense of emptiness inside oneself, as if the pump of one's heart was sucking on air. Mm. Envy is mean, miser- miserably. Sorry. Envy is mean and misery and arguably the most shameful of the deadly sins. Our envy is hardly ever confessed, often not even to ourselves. And then that made me think, again, we're counselors here, like shame. We talk a lot about shame and like that's the only way to like heal shame is to like bring it out into the public. We're not maybe public, but to ourselves. Just speak it out. Yeah, because it's a blind spot usually. Yeah, that's what it's saying. Like people don't even recognize it sometimes if they're being envious, possibly. And a lot of people say jealous. And they mean envious, but they just clearly weren't defined this way to them. <laughs> I'll be sure to break out my Webster's dictionary. And tell them about the pebble displays, because I will. That's also important. I'll use it as an example. That's a great idea. That should just be a collage. <laughs> it has nothing to do with pebble display topics. But it's just, in the middle. People are like, oh, what's that? <laughs> pebble displays. No, I'm, I'm gonna Google it later and see what comes. You're gonna have to like put that in the collage somehow. <laughs> It's in there. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Oh, I just, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so they have different constructs. Envy is the personal pain, blah, blah, blah. We've talked about that. Uh, while um, jealousy is going to be personal pain caused by the fear of losing something or sharing an advantage, sharing an advantage with someone else and feeling like, because there's jealousy that can happen if they have what you have. Because it is stemming from a fear of losing what you have. Mm. Envy is um, internal, like co- like it's coveted is for you, where jealousy it, or coveted versus possessive. What are the other se- sins? The other six? Greed. Lust. Greed, lust, anger, pride. Wow, you're good. I don't know what's Two more. Envy. Glut. Did I do gluttony? Thought you did. Gifts are not. Shoot. There should be like a cute little poem to remember them. Okay, so <laughs> it's greed. Greed. Yeah. <laughs> no, because I, I said greed, so I was thinking you're thinking G. So mm. greed and gluttony. Okay. Lust, anger, pride, envy. I think that's the last one. 
I'm trying to Rage? think of that no. Brad Pitt movie. I know. Oh, that yeah. That's so good. That's so, so good. Like, so disturbing. The one with the Kaiser trees. Vanity. Oh, I was thinking. So many people struggle with that one with like social media. Vanity. Right, 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 right. So, so jealousy. Dive into the other six over the next six, six weeks. weeks. That's not a bad idea. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Um, okay. So compared to envy, jealousy is typically easier to admit to. We tend to admit that we're jealous about something a little bit more. It's more socially acceptable to say that you're jealous than envious. Um, and some may say that that may be the lesser of the evil if you're saying like, which one's worse. So I don't know. Who knows? Envy is what I learned very deeply ingrained in the human psyche and is common to all times, all people. Tribal ancestors lived in fear of arousing envy of the gods, whom they placated with elaborate rituals and offerings. And in Greek mythology, um, it is to Hera's envy um, for Aphrodite that sparked off the whole Trojan War. In the Bible, it's from envy that Cain murdered Abel, and through the devil's envy that death entered the world. And uh, in the Hindu, Mahabharata is from burning envy that um waged the war against his cousins and Pandavas. So you said that good. I really yeah, I good. didn't expect to. I don't know how how it's supposed to be pronounced, it but it sounded it really could confident. be very well wrong. We had to read that in yoga school. <laughs> oh thank you. You're That's welcome. very affirming. We appreciate that. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> so historically envy is called out as a main stage emotion and feeling and experience and it's not as often talked about socially culturally now compared to other emotions envy tends to be directed towards those with whom we compare ourselves those with whom we feel we are in competition uh bertrand russell wrote beggars do not envy millionaires though of course they will envy other beggars who are more successful Envy has never been a greater problem than it is today because our age of um, equality encourages us to compare ourselves to each other all well, the time. And I think social media is terrible for that. Yeah, internet, social media. Like, I can be totally happy with myself and then I'll go on there and be like, oh, I'm not as good as I thought I was. And yeah. we're like, just from looking at some picture. And we're pretty aware. Can you imagine these poor teenagers who right. are just like, well, and consumerism, right like, and it's technology. It's always, you know, get your next iPhone, get ready, get rid of that one that works perfectly fine because they're made to last yeah. a million years. But this guy's got the new version. Right. Mr. Jones over here has <laughs> Mr. Jones, the newest of the new. <laughs> so, on the surface level, it's that. I don't have what you have, but deeper, it comes from feelings of inferiority and frustration mm -hmm. uh, that's we feel within ourselves or with our experience. Yeah, having those things is tied to a person's identity. Right. And so I'm not a good itself. person because I don't have a new car. Right. Not worthy. I'm not. Yeah, your worth goes down. Mm -hmm. Right. Correct. Yep. So the distraction of envy and the dread of um, like bringing it up often keeps us back from actually reaching our full potential because we are, we get kind of in this cycle of trying to get rid of that stuffing that feeling down versus I, I think, sorry that you said like, if you 
did something about it. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I want that. So I'm going to blank. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get my own make couple of goal way. and plan to get it. Right. Make it mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're just sitting right. there like, oh, I don't have it. I don't have it. You're never going to have it. But it makes sense if it's not actually about the pebble display. If it's about, and this is where maybe trauma, even economic, um, like, differences. uh, I mean, there's so many things that can make it not possible on the deep, deeper level to feel satisfied, even if you have the things. Right. Because then, and that's where I think hoarding can come into play too. Yeah. Because even if you get that thing, then you're going to find something else to be envious of. Right. If you have that internal actual problem. You're not feeling content. Right. Right. I yeah. love the content. That's a good yeah. word. Don't need to be happy all the time, but content. Is yeah. So that can make it challenging to actually ease the wound. So sometimes people, it's, it's usually not a one-off. Oh, I was envious about this one thing. And that was that one time I was really envious. Tends to be specific people who mm-hmm. are on this wheel of envy because mm-hmm. it's hard to get off of it. Um, so in some cases it can lead to acts of sabotage. Um, so the child who breaks the toy when they know they can't have it, like I'll just break it then if it's not mine. Mm. Um, over time, this bitterness can give rise to mental health problems such as depression, anxiety, insomnia, and physical health problems, um, which have been documented such as infections, cardiovascular disease, and cancer. So you literally get consumed by envy. Uh, so these... <laughs> Then you get defensive reactions. So if I were to say, Naomi, you're envious of your neighbor's yard. Fence. Fence. <laughs> how, how does that make me feel? Is that what you're asking? No, no. <laughs> I'm just going to say, contrary to you, some may, because you respond very non-defensively. Oh, did you want me to go, no, I'm not. Yeah. What are you saying? Sure. Take that back. Maybe some snobbery. Right. Narcissism tends to, to show its ugly mm. face here, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I deserve that bit. Right. Irony uh, comes up, too. And that, in this, uh, like, isn't it ironic? Uh, kind of like maybe you actually have a more expensive car, but there's something about that car that you have. Like maybe it has more technology than your car, but your car is more expensive. Like I, some like it's really not being able to see the good that you have because you're so overly yeah. focused on the other side of the fence. Right. So you'll, ne- you'll never be content when you're in that mm-hmm. wheel because it's like you'll get that and then you're it'll be happy for a second and then you're going mm-hmm. off to the next thing oh. and you just keep yeah. having to like fill that void and yes. it doesn't yes. work. There's doesn't a work. word mm-hmm. that you had a topic. The hedonistic treadmill. Schadenfraud. Schadenfraud. Didn't you? Schadenfraud? Schadenfraud. It was on your Sounds topic. Sounds very familiar. I cannot remember. I know. Sometimes my topics all blend together. <laughs> so this is, so people try to hide envy. So it may be betrayed through indirect expressions such as schadenfraud. Schadenfreud. I don't know. Schadenfreud. It's German. Um, which is the pleasure at the misfortune of others. Oh, wow. That's coming yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't remember what you're talking about. I Everything's connected. <laughs> um, so things like news stories mm-hmm. is full of schadenfreude. 
Well, there's whole channels dedicated to showing videos of people like falling down the stairs or doing some fails. Right. And I've always wondered why that was so hilarious. It's very popular. Like when you see people getting hurt, like, and everyone thinks. Well, yeah. And it's like, okay, people, all I hear is people complain about negative news and yet it's still there. Why? Because people watch it. Why do people watch it? Well, you're never going to admit that openly, publicly on a podcast. Uh, like when when someone falls and they're not seriously injured, it is kind and of, it's. I think it's like the way the body like moves. It's kind of like so, silly. Um, they have, I think they are oh, seriously injured. <laughs> yeah, those are like, like, the guy ones. At the end, and, yeah. and I'm like, I need a follow up. Like mm-hmm. three weeks later, can we check in? How is this person doing? Because I mean, I. My family really likes that ridiculousness. Show. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. With the whole okay. show is just people exactly. failing. Getting and sometimes hurt. I'm like, "What are we doing oh, with our God. lives?" It is funny. From, I mean, a lot of it yeah, is it funny, is, but it's but people getting hurt though. I know. I just like, why it's like, so popular. Not why we know why. Sean oh, yeah. Sean so same with like the Tom and Jerry, like the cartoons where they like are running around killing right, each other, hurting it's each like, other, or the slapstick. Yeah. Looking at that appeal. So, yeah. I mean, honestly, if I fell down right now, you're too probably so laughing. Like, just oh, make sure I would not be able to stop laughing. See? <laughs> because it Sean doesn't happen to me. Sean <laughs> Sean 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 Sean. Off of other people's misery. Right, because it, so wasn't, dark. because it wasn't us. And it's so biologically driven. It's it, it's, in, it's so interesting. Uh-huh. Right. So I just also like when you see like celebrities, it's like fallen celebrities and so and so and this and that and this breakup. Everyone loves what to happened see at the beginning of them. this. I was like, oh, I already forgot the actor's name. <laughs> but when I read the ad at the top and to John Sheldon, John Travolta, and that was just that was just happenstance that it was up there. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, he's disclosed what? And I was like, I want to know. And if you click through later, you need to tell us. Because it feels it feels to me like they're gonna say something bad about John Travolta and why that matters in my actual life, I have no idea. Because we're envious of the people that have it so good. So that we're like, oh well, if something bad happens to them, then now I feel better about myself. Right. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. So this don't have it all. That word came about in 1740s in German, Germany. Uh it's describes an emotion so schadenfreude is an emotion mm-hmm. um and uh in the rhetoric aristotle called i'm not gonna say this right pretty sure it's greek epikarikekia mm-hmm. which has the uh excuse me whatever <laughs> it's the same thing. so basically even further back <laughs> uh aristotle speaks of a similar type of emotion so uh, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> the book of Proverbs explicitly, explicitly warns against it and says, rejoice not when thine enemy falleth, and let not thine heart be glad when he stumbleth. Lest the Lord see it and it displeases him and he turn away his, and he turn away his wrath from him. So ridiculousness is just a big old sinner show. Shot and fraud. Well, do you, did you catch the end of this one though? And I read this the first time. I didn't see it right God now. Turn away. Yeah. People so it's saying. Are, that are gaining that pleasure off of people. So don't. Yeah. So don't get the joy from that because God may stop punishing that person is what that says. 
Say it one more time. Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> Rejoice not when thine enemy falleth, and mm-hmm. let not thine heart be glad when he stumbleth, lest the Lord see it, and it displeases him, and he turns away his wrath from him. From yeah. And maybe puts it on you. Yeah. Ooh. Doesn't say that. But maybe. But but it doesn't, which to me, the fact that it doesn't means that for whatever reason it matters that I I want to preserve you being punished. That's a weird So I gotta hold in my laugh. So I don't focus on it too when much. Someone falls, so that yeah, falleth, falleth, yeah. <laughs> falleth, yeah, and pebbles, pebble display. Thank you, pebble display. Okay, so how do you display your pebbles? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I just don't. I keep that shit private. Um, let me see that pet. Oh god, this is a pebble. This well, is a rock. But that is another city. Wow, yeah. you brought pet rock to the. Um, um, like, how do we display? This, this could probably turn into like fifty pebbles. Probably. Pebble, pebble display. Um, <laughs> problem. Why is this a problem? Because it's blinding. Like we talked about, it hurts a lot, and it doesn't fix so anything. Just stop it. Right. So stop it might just be you know to be all. Young, um, it might just be a shadow nature. We all have right, right, right. And that's, against it. Right. Always going to be there. Just acknowledge it, but mm-hmm. don't put energy into it. Mm-hmm. 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 Right. So one, if it's been argued that envy is, however, fostered in certain environments, like our current like system culturally, uh, because of all these things that we just talked about. Uh, having things, it, this guise of social change that we talked about in your topic of um, kind of constantly one-upping versus, you know, are you actually addressing the problem or are you trying to appease something for, for a different means? But it says that in communism, um, the whole goal within that is a society free of envy which was interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, in practice, those live under the hammer and sickle um, uh, become not less more envious uh, than their neighbor for the slightest disadvantages. Uh, so they're with communism. That's like a whole other topic. But communism in general is that when you are on equal footing with everyone and have there is no advantages, it's equal access, not about being treated equally it's equal access i always thought about that with school uniforms of like mm. it may kind of like puts everybody on this more of an equal thing where people can't check out your you know clothes and they have more money and this person has that but then you can still like wear your clothes cooler or not mm-hmm. and shoes probably will still give it away so you can't really eliminate it there's like, always there's always going to be something that you can yeah. be envious of Right. I mean, you take clothes out of the equation, there's going to be a million other things to take the place. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think that's the, that's like, and that's where white communism, that idea doesn't really. Yeah. And I think that's where I get kind of stuck is communism is an ideal that's hard to maintain in a lot of ways. So that's, I'm curious, is this, like you said, a human nature thing? Um, Or is it more of a, learn systemic thing that over time i think it's both yeah if you grow up in a biology and the culture we live in Mm -hmm. because we live in a very materialistic culture where yeah you know 
the people with the power have all the shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so in in life, we're not only rich by what we have, but also by I thought I was gonna say by what we do not. <laughs> so um success is also marked by not having it, which creates a void. And that is also very present in our culture of needing to succeed and perfectionism. And if I'm not succeeding, then I have no value. So if I'm not achieving something, um, so that right there is a, just an opening for envy as well. So what about, what do you think about the term, like luck? Where do you think luck comes into play with envy? Cause like, if something happens, like if you win the lottery or something, and then what people are going to be envious of that and just say, oh, that person was so lucky. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like somebody doing something, yeah, without skills, that it just happens by chance. Yeah. And that's an interesting because we, it is used in that way of like, oh, well, that was just luck. Does that make someone feel less envious? No. More? <laughs> More. Well, it's basically, it's a math, it's, it's envy by saying, you by know, saying right? that you're saying you're dismissing their, like, I don't have something. It's about you not winning. I consider, I like to use instead of luck, uh, opportunity. Because I think it more accurately describes what's happening usually. So. Like, they didn't get lucky. They we're in a position of having that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Right. Maybe they knew somebody, you know? Or maybe, maybe they, they did. happened to be standing there. Maybe they did the hard work and you weren't there to see it because <laughs> that often is the case. When yeah, but I wouldn't mm -hmm. consider that luck. I right. I consider that hard work. Right, but we, as, I don't know, I've I made the statement before where you make statements like that and I know nothing about, you know, it's kind of a label we put on if we don't know, almost, uh, for me at least. Um, so in the Hindu tradition, lucky people um, are merely enjoying the fruits of their past uh, karma and the past actions in their life. Um, and this includes actions of their parents who nurtured and educated them, grandparents, so on, so on. So there is a nice neutralizing effect for um for, for this in that culture, for that specific part of luck. Because if you feel it's deserved, you tend to not judge, like you said. So if you can say in, in the past lives, this was earned. But then the flip side of that, we had long discussions in yoga class about this. <laughs> the flip side is, so somebody that's really having a tough time, then you would have to equally say, well, they deserve they did something that. something bad. Yeah, before. they deserve that. Right. And, you know, what does that mean? So bigger conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, so, okay. Smithson is calling. No, you're fine. Mm -hmm. You can answer. Um, so envy is a question about... I'm envious of nails. <laughs> We know that it's linked with uh, depression and envy. Um, those score highly together on different assessments. And then um, I just wanted to share this last, to sum up, the last thing I had was a research study that was looking at the biological thing and it did surveys with people. Um, so would you be more jealous if, would you be more jealous of like Bill Gates versus, um, so Bill Gates who has way more than you. And, or, you know, let's put Trump. We'll say Trump. 
versus your neighbor who actually has pretty equal footing with you, um, which one? And it gave a bunch of like these scenarios, which reminded me of Donnie Darko a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And what they found vast majority in the study was that people um, that were on your same level. mm -hmm. So going back to that one statement of the beggars who are, I'm more likely to be jealous of than the one who does have far more. They're so far removed from your world that it's not even right. something Tenable. to compare. And biologically, right, biologically speaking, it even goes to families. So siblings, envy happens, but not to the same degree as with strangers. Um, and then envy typically doesn't happen with parents because there's resource giving. Um, they're helping build up. And so siblings do that too, but not in the same way. Mm-hmm. So you still see envy in all dynamics of human relationships. So that's where I start to lean towards. It's a human nature aspect of biology and survival. And with that. Quick wrap up. I told you, I I abbreviated. Well, I have a lot to think about. I'm going to definitely search out some trouble displays. Sounds good. Uh, well, look forward for that, to that. Do you want to, uh, if you haven't listened to our last podcast, uh, I topics, covered the Great Glitter Conspiracy, and I covered forty acres and a mule. Yes, and I learned what a mule is. It yeah. is not a donkey <laughs> or a caribou or, or a unicorn or a unicorn. <laughs> and until next time, don't be jealous. Don't be jelly. Um, have gratitude for what you have. Yes. Focus on what you have, not on what you don't have. That's right. And until next time, try to sit with your emotions instead of shoving it down and putting it on other people. I love mm. my emotions. They're my friends. She has friends. Yeah. Under emotions. Bye.